Hey everybody, happy Friday. This is the Craig Folly Show. It is the Friday Follies on Deadline Detroit. We are live at the Buell Bar in downtown Detroit. So glad to have you with us today. And I have two wonderful people to help me make fun of the news this week. Alan Lengel of Deadline Detroit is with me, as is Nancy Derringer from Deadline Detroit. Always fun. I'm saying Deadline Detroit quite a bit. That is the new home of all of my program offerings at this point in time. Big thanks to them for taking me on board. It's been a lot of fun so far, and uh, you guys get suckered into doing this kind of stuff, and I appreciate hey, your help very, very much. Enjoy doing it. Well, you know, look, I think this, this concept of the Friday Follies, where we actually do make fun, fits in pretty darn well right. with Deadline Detroit's model over the years. So yeah, I figured it's just sort of a natural fit. And when you add the dovetailing of the insanity of uh, current events in the last few years, it really is a perfect fit. You know, I have to ask, and I'm going to ask the old-timer, you know, Washington Post guy here, Alan Langell, about this. Every single day there is something new that happens out of Washington with the president, this administration. I, I don't recall it being that way all the time with other presidents. I mean, there's news and they make statements, but they would have to come up with reasons to have press conferences to get the press interested in what they were doing. Now it's just a frenzy, constantly. I, I would say this. We've never had an entertainment president like this who, uh, whether I'm you say... I'm not entertained. Well, I'm not entertained. Well, well, whenever you say the ratings are good. Oh, yeah. And, the ratings. And the ratings are good, and that's all he cares about. And so, but I was there, interestingly, I started at the Washington Post in 1997 and 98. I remember there was a, a group of editors huddling uh, at nighttime, and I asked my editor, I said, what's going on? And she said, I don't know, something about Clinton having an affair with an intern. And, <laughs> something about that. And it obviously blew up, and Washington was very intense for a while. I mean, I remember going by the Mayflower Hotel, and they were, I, I think they were deposing Monica Lewinsky. Uh, there was a lot going on back then, but this even seems more intense. And, you know, obviously, look, with Nixon, Watergate turned into a insane, insane period. But there's been long stretches where it hasn't been this crazy. So I think we forget that Nixon, the Clinton, uh, I mean, Watergate was insane. I mean, all the televised hearings and stuff, all the, the, the intrigue. Uh, so I, I think sometimes we forget that. But this president... Every well, he's reminding day. us. He's reminding us of it because the comparisons are coming fast and furious now, as right. to the final days of of the Nixon administration to what is happening here. The similarities are really, really creepy, and the fact is, hard evidence apparently is starting to emerge that this guy told people to do some bad things. Right. This morning's revelation that Michael Cohen was instructed by the president. Michael Cohen says the president instructed him to lie to Congress. That's you know a what big they call deal. That? They call that obstruction of justice, suborning perjury, suborning perjury. Absolutely, um, this is the kind of thing. But they don't call it a blowjob. <laughs> <And> the Republicans <laughs> are going to say, "Well, sure, he might have lied to Congress, <laughs> but he didn't lie about a blowjob," and that's sort of the standard. Yeah. Well, you know, is that the standard? Is that what it is now? I, I, I fear. I fear that it may be the standard. <laughs> Because, I mean, well, wait, wouldn't the Stormy Daniels thing play into that somehow, though? Because he's gone that route, too, I'm guessing. Yeah, he lied about that, too. Uh, absolutely. No doubt, so. given, given, you know, the amount of information she actually has about the size and shape of this man, I'm thinking that there might be a little bit more there. that's never been verified. Well, Come on. Perhaps not. But I've been, I'm never no, going to play Mario Brothers the same way again. Oh. So, um... <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, never mind. But, but uh, this is a big deal. I mean, I, I don't think this is something that he can just sit there and say fake news, especially because we do know that Michael Cohen has recorded some things. So there may be some sort of hard evidence right. uh, for this. 
Also, one of the revelations from this story this morning is that Donald Trump Jr. may may have committed perjury as well mm -hmm. uh, in front of Congress, talking about, well, I didn't know anything about this Russia trip until some point when in reality, it looks like there were plenty of discussions about sending Cohen to Russia to get this deal through. Can they, uh, can they share a cell at uh, wherever they end up? You know, what camp fed or... I don't know. You what know what? You know what? I would actually consider doing club if, fed. That's if, it. If, I'm sorry. If Donald Trump was going to go to jail somewhere, and yeah. I was the, the warden at that place, I would get myself a can of gold spray paint, spray paint the toilet <laughs> gold in his cell for. I like that. So, so he feels like he's yeah. at home. Yeah, just a little I, bit I, home. I feel like when you when you tell me about Donald Trump Jr., I feel like another hero of mine going down. <laughs> A real American hero. Yeah, it's, it's Audie Murphy it's part two. We should do this a little later in the day. Who do you turn to? Who do you turn to? Exactly. <laughs> Where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? Right. Donald Trump Jr., our nation turns its lonely eyes to you. I don't think anybody's ever going to sing those words. I do remember, actually, the day not. before the election, literally the day before the election, I was walking into work, going by Grand Circus Park in that barbecue place. There were all these Trump trucks and stuff, and it was Don Jr. was speaking to a group of businessmen. Uh-huh. In Detroit? In Detroit. At On Gr election Grand day. Circuit. Oh, day before election. Okay. Yeah, day I want to say, election. I think that was Dan Gilbert that brought him in, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. I could have been. Right. He was talking about how, he, how much his father loved America, and he didn't really need to be doing this. He had enough money. And... <sighs> well, we're going to find out about that at some point. Yeah. Right, right. I, I think the money thing has always been way out of That's whack always, with reality. Always but, been um, way out of whack. But, you know, Donald Trump... And the art of the deal. The White House has, strangely enough, not said anything about this story yet that I've seen today. I've been looking to see whether or not there's any tweets in response to this, because this is, this might be the smoking gun, right? right. Mm -hmm. This is the one thing. If he indeed did this, that's a real problem. And not something that even the Republicans can, can sweep under the rug. I, I don't think they'll be able some, to. Some will. Some, well, Lindsey Graham will, clearly many will. Many will try. All we can hope for is that there is some conscience of some stepping forward and saying this I would is not, not uh, hold my breath waiting for that. So what you're saying is this is Donald Trump's I'm blue hold address, essentially, right? It, it, very much, yes. Yeah. It very well could be. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, okay. this, this is a problem. All righty. Um, now, granted, I'll drink to that. he is tweeting about something else today, though, which is obviously designed <laughs> to get our mind off of his legal problems and onto what he wants to talk about, which is, of course, the southern border and how dangerous it is. Mm -hmm. And he tweets out today, a uh, story that the Washington Examiner ran. And the Washington oh, Examiner, one. if you don't know it, is a very conservative paper that does a lot of pro-Trump stuff. Right. Um, I read a lot of their things just because they show up in my feed all the time. Right. And they're really quite... Oh, they're, they're dependable. They're quite, sure. like, quite yeah. ludicrous at times. But he says, here's what he says in the tweet. Border rancher, quote, we found prayer rugs out here. It's unreal. Washington Examiner says, people coming across the southern border from many countries, some of which would be a big surprise. Ooh, yeah. Now, Okay, a prayer rug? Yeah. They found prayer rugs. No, they haven't. They did not. I, I, this, I all understand. Of this, all of this is based on the account of one, one, one person. Unnamed person. One who unnamed rancher. From the cartels is yes, what they exactly. said. So they put their name out there. Unnamed rancher who allegedly saw this. And I think I read earlier today that when the last prayer rug they found turned out to be an Adidas shirt. So there you go. Yeah, really. It's a religious artifact. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But I mean, you know, you know it's just, look, this fear-mongering over the border stuff is just, it's, it's getting to a point of ridiculousness. If, if he's re relying on, I don't think he actually checks the sources on any of these things ever, really. Of course he doesn't. And when they talk about it, really, the Canadian border is where, where they suspect terrorists, and they've caught more 
suspected terrorists coming across the northern border than the southern border. Uh, so, so what are you saying? Should we put up a fence down yeah, we in the middle of the Detroit River? We need, we need a wall. A wall. Yeah, right. Okay. So. so here's the great part about this story that the Washington Examiner ran. And, and okay, a bunch of old reporters here. We can talk about this. Here's sure. the quote they ran. It said, and this is the rancher who says, I've talked to several agents that I trust. There's not a lot that I do trust, but the ones I do trust, I talk to them. What Border Patrol classified as OTMs other than Mexicans, not a phrase I'd heard before. OTMs, okay. Has really increased in the last couple of years, but drastically within the last six months. Chinese, Germans, Russians, a lot of Middle Easterners, those Czechoslovakians they caught over on our neighbors just last summer. Wow. <laughs> First the of Czechs, all, are the they Czechs, Czechs or Slovaks? My mother Which one are they? Czech. But, they scare but, me. But here's the thing, and this is where the journalistic integrity part comes in. They left out a remark from there that prefaced the quote where he says, obviously I don't have any proof of this, but... <laughs> I've been hearing. I've been hearing. And so I'm like, okay, so Cousin Jeb is saying this, and yeah. therefore it's true. It's definitely got to so, be true. Um, you know, but the funny thing is these, these prayer rugs and the idea, yeah, prayer rug hysteria, they're calling it. Like, well, I'm sorry, but if I was traveling through the desert, if I was somebody, I might want something to sleep on, a blanket maybe, maybe, yeah, you know. of course. Yeah, I would not. I mean, this, and we, I think we, we talked about this up? a few weeks ago, exactly, that, that you were saying people who are, who are dragging themselves through the desert hoping that they might find a little oasis where some kind soul has left a couple gallons of water, they're probably not going to be carrying extraneous stuff like a prayer rug. I don't think you have to be in a prayer... Do you have to be in a prayer rug in Islam or you just have to be facing in the right direction? Yeah, I think you just have to face in the right direction. Do you, I don't so. think the prayer rug is called for. It's just to help protect your knees. It's well, just remember, like a, we had the, the foot bath hysteria too. Yeah, years I remember back, the foot you know, bath hysteria. The colleges and all that sort of stuff. Sure. So that was a big deal. So, yeah. you know, apparently... Um, that should be enough. But those yeah. those crazy Czechoslovakians, that's yep. that's apparently that's a problem. Watch out. Yeah, I know. Watch I know. Out. As long as they bring some of that great beer, yeah. I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, what's all right, next? Rudy Giuliani. Oh Rudy my Giuliani gosh. went on the news oh the other gosh. day and actually had the gall to say, I never said that there was no collusion. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. No. The, the, the goalposts, the, that sound you hear is the goalposts. Like somebody's firing up a, a sawzall on those goalposts so they can move them yet again. Well, yeah, but yet they, again. They move the goalposts, but still, it's like the kicker for the Chicago Bears. It goes off the, the one right. and then off the bottom one and still misses. So, I mean, you can, this guy. Now, can you imagine morning the panic Joe spent he must a bunch wake of time up. wondering whether or not he was drunk when he did that interview. And I'm thinking to myself, wrong question to be focusing on, first yeah. of all. But their rationale was only somebody who was drunk could actually make such an obviously obvious statement that could be so quickly disproven. Sure. Because right. yeah. there's footage everywhere of him saying, there's no collusion, there's no collusion. But right. I think... Well, he, now it's the president didn't collude, but somebody else... I never said the campaign didn't collude. <laughs> like, that's just as bad. Didn't we say last <laughs> week that there seems to be a significant number of Americans who enjoy being gaslit? I think this might... That's maybe who he was talking to. Uh, Can you... But, you know, I think I know what wakes Donald Trump up at 3.30 in the morning and has him reaching for his phone. It's knowing that Rudy Giuliani is his... Is his uh, Lawyer. His so, lawyer. Yeah. You know, it's funny that Rudy evolved from, I mean, he was a U.S. attorney, then he was the mayor, the hero. Yeah. And then 9-11, he was considered like hero. one of the great leaders. Right. And now he's just turned into this like oh, crazy. He's, he's pathetic. Crazy dude. Yeah. Who's making all these. What's he getting for this? That's what I wonder. I mean, what well, what know. is your soul worth? I mean, that's the I, question I that you have to ask. guys like that, you know, Good are question. so used to the spotlight. They need it. So whatever they can do, he's on, he's on Fox. He's on, he seems to be on CNN a lot. Uh, 
he needs the spotlight, and so he'll take it in any form he can get it at this point. Well, I mean, even Andrew Napolitano, who is a, you know, a former judge and, and prosecutor, and he's always doing commentary on Fox News. I, I watch him quite frequently. Even he came out the other day and was talking about uh, the fact that they may have shared the campaign data you know, yeah. with the, right. this Russian oligarch. Yeah. He's saying, yeah, that's not just collusion. He's like, that's more than collusion. He's like, that's conspiracy. That could be a real problem. So you've got Andrew Napolitano coming on, mm-hmm. sitting there going... I wonder if it's just a matter of time before this base just withers away a little bit because what the numbers happen, are bad. I don't know. It what seems pretty solid. What would if we had oh my all gosh. the stuff that, that happened? If, that would make your head explode if, if you think about that If all that stuff had happened to Hillary where all the Russian... The problem, the problem is the, the whole Trump... Can we go back and Trump, talk about Benghazi some more? Because I think that's really the issue The here. whole Trump <laughs> plan has never done anything to separate itself with conflicts of interest. The business, they've only used it more Mm -hmm. so to try to promote their own businesses. They haven't done anything to try to separate. So the idea of the whole Russian thing was like, they didn't care. There There was no division. I mean, Well, but the other thing is, and They're supposed to be. This is called the Emoluments Clause. That's supposed to prevent that sort of stuff from happening. But this, again, is what I've said like every week for the last week. Winning this election is going to turn out to be the worst thing that ever happened to Donald Trump. The whole plan was for him not to win, right? (laughs) And for him to go back to, you know, whatever he wanted. Selling Trump steaks, Trump vodka. Yeah, Trump steaks. He could build his tower. Nobody would care. But he won. And now, man... Don't be careful what you wish for. Well, I, I suppose you're right. Yeah. All right. We should let's move off of, of, right. of the Donald for just a I'm little bit. Yeah. Um, although I, I do want to talk about the sort of tit for tat. Nancy Pelosi trying to take the State of the Union away from Donald Trump. <laughs> Good idea, bad idea, because he responded by saying you don't get a plane. Yeah. And so they're now going back and forth, and there's memes flying everywhere about this. I, I don't. I, I will watch the State of the Union. I have to. It's part of my responsibility. But I can't imagine anything I'd rather do less at this point in time. And, and the Democratic response, you know, is going to be a whiz-banger, too. So no. was yeah. she right to do it? Or should, should she just let the guy give the speech? You want to take this one, Lionel? That's, you know, that's, that's a tough one. I, 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 I think she's right to apply pressure to say, let's end this. And if that was a tactic, and, you know, obviously it's not going to work. Yeah. And now it just turns into a more petty fighting and stuff like that. So. I think she it, was, was doing it, great, it to provoke a response, yeah. if you ask me. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think she, she knew she wanted to take away the little, yeah. that, that little thing from him. It's, it's not going to work. He's, he's, being, he's like, oh, yeah, you're petty. I'm going to be petty. And, but the, the goal is to get the government, to get people, federal workers, paychecks again, to get the government functioning again. And it's just insane. Yeah. What we're, we're, this is just becoming the norm that it's okay for weeks and weeks. I, you no. know, and I, I'm not the government nerd that you are. I didn't realize. Thank you. I didn't realize I was a nerd. I thought, well, I you thought know people who I mean. followed government were all the cool kids. Yeah, the cool kids. No, yeah, sure. You just destroyed me. <laughs> I save a little room in my brain for poetry and rock and roll. But anyway, the, uh, I did not realize that the State of the Union is, the formality of the State of the Union is that the president is invited by the Speaker of the House. Yes. So she could actually, I mean, she could just say, you know, just drop the speech off. You know, have a messenger it well, over. That's why they used to do over. it. I know, I know, exactly. That, I, mean, I, used, I used to have to give, so, the video to have to give reports to city council once yeah. a quarter. And, and frankly, if I could have just dropped off the paper and walked out the door. Yeah, that would, I know. I would but I mean, this is like, I give her. By the council. I give her. It's eight, a lot more fun. Eight points out of ten for shade. You know, <sighs> I think it was it was really good shade. And, and she had to know something was going to come back from him. And, right. You know, so. Well, he's. It, 
And then he says, and then he says, what did he say? You're free to fly commercial. It's like yeah. to Afghanistan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are there a lot of commercial uh, flights? Get there. You can get there. There might be a couple Kabul. of chickens on the flight. Yeah. You never know. But you know, that <laughs> plane that Indiana Jones crashed into I the know. mountains. You might have to go through Nepal and then get a, <laughs> a tracker to help uh, get you across the border. But, I don't know uh, if Delta goes nonstop from D.C. to Afghanistan. All right, let's uh, let's move to Michigan here. Um, and. Look, there's nothing funny about this story, what happened with, the, with Dr. Larry Nasser and the way that that's no. handled. But John Engler, of course, uh, has now left. He's, he's, he resigned yeah. under pressure uh, just a couple of days ago now. Actually, you can't fire me, fact. I quit. It was one of those things. Yeah. Well, basically, they're like, we're having a meeting tomorrow morning to fire you. Yeah. So you can resign if you want to right. do that. And he did. Right. But, I mean, I'm not going to get into all the different things that he's done wrong. But he's not Mr. Warm and Fuzzy. I right. covered John Engler. In the 90s for the Michigan Public Radio Network. Was at the Capitol every day watching him, watching mm-hmm. his press conferences. This is a guy that is happy sitting in an office, hashing it out, a deal with somebody, and basically strong-arming people to get what he wants politically. Right. He's really good at that stuff. So I can see why he had value for Michigan State in getting through this settlement. He's a student of politics. But why yes. didn't they bring somebody else who actually could have spoken to these people as if they were human beings right. and not commodities that he was worried about? That's an excellent question, and you're right. I mean, he... He might have been very useful in the, um, in like you said, the settlement process. Yes. But you don't settle with hundreds of sexual assault victims by, you know, saying some of the things that he Never said. Never say that they're enjoying the spotlight. Yeah, what did you think? Go green. I, I thought it was just great. I, I, I knew John from when yep. he was in the state senate. Yep. I was in the Detroit News Lansing uh, Bureau. And he, he, was very, he was a schmoozer. He'd come to all the little parties, the media parties and all that. Uh, He's, he's a skilled politician. He's a lifelong politician. Nobody I'm not sure he's ever, ever done doubt that. Yeah. I'm not sure he did anything un, until he left the governor. But he didn't read outside. this room very well, though. Normally, for no. a guy who, re, who read the politics but incredibly well his entire career, he didn't board, get this. The board of trustees, it shows. It show, it's so systemic there at Michigan State from the way they handled the Nasser thing, and then they bring in the wrong guy. Right. To, it's like Michigan State is clueless, and institutions are clueless in so many ways, look at Penn State. Because they care they, more about the institution. They care more about the donors. The Catholic Church. And they don't Church, care about who they're serving. Right. It's the it's, it's the it's preserve the institution at all costs. Right. And you know protect the hosts essentially. And Which they, they're they're self contained. Um, right. You know. Well, I mean, I had my office was at Michigan State when I worked at the Capitol. We actually had a little closet at WKAR up there, oh, so okay. I was on campus every day and. You know, grew to love Michigan State. I went to Western, but I didn't right. go to Michigan State. But right. I grew to love Michigan State, and you know, it is a great institution. They have it been severely a, damaged school. by this. Right now, the question is: is I mean, yeah, he got them through the hard part of this, right? The okay. settlement is pretty much done. They'll reopen that fund and take care of that mistake that they made the other day. The donor base seems like they've calmed down a little bit. They see something going on the right track. Mm-hmm. In a way, did he maybe do the university a bit of a favor? Because whoever comes in next. Oh, we know who is coming in next. It's I can't think of his name. Upta. Yeah, Upta. But is he going to yeah. be there forever? Is he the permanent guy? No, no. no they're, they're, not. They're, no. they're doing a national search, but right. he just. I think they just opened the door for a lot more candidates to actually look at it because right. you're going to come in and all that stuff's already been dealt with the bad handling, and you can come in and look like, all right, I'm the new guy, I'm the new woman, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I can fix this place, and I don't have that baggage anymore. Yeah, that's true. It's a, a damage, it's a very damaged institution right now. It's, it's a shame the way yes. everything was handled from the Nasser scandal to, to installing a guy like this who just was the wrong, clearly the wrong guy. And he showed, he proved it 
all on the way. Right. You know. The, the only uh, thing I'll say good about right now, Michigan State, I feel like we always have to mention Bell's Pizza if we're going to mention <laughs> Michigan State. Oh, so, so the funny thing is, <laughs> I can't believe this guy doesn't weigh 800 pounds. He basically eats all day long, you know, pretzels and all this stuff. And yeah, go ahead. So it's funny. We're actually streaming this live on Facebook right now. And yeah. Joan Sylvie, who I'm uh, waiting for a pizza right friend now. Joan Sylvie <laughs> is on here right now. And she says, hey, that was a hollowed closet. WKR. She worked with me there. And uh, she said, all hail MPRN in our 90s days covering the Engler administration. Nice to hear from you, Joan. Uh, she was great. She was at Michigan Radio for a long time as well. And uh, really wonderful person yeah. all right um okay so michigan state eh, angler's gone um but I, i'm sorry most alum says you know the long nightmare the reign of error the reign of terror really look the board of trustees just changed to the last election you knew mm-hmm. that they were going to do something about this right. yeah sure. um but I, you know reign of terror i think what he was talking about is um well, I, I think what angler was talking about when he said some of them are enjoying the uh, the spotlight and the awards yeah I think he's probably referring to uh, Rachel Den Hollander being named the Michiganian of the Year by the Detroit News. It's like I have been to that banquet a couple of times mm-hmm. now, and uh, I can tell you that you know, unless the food is substantially fun. improved, you know, I think uh, <laughs> I think she probably would trade would not trade that. So. No, okay, okay, yeah. okay. So um, <laughs> sorry, I got to extend my parking time here. Uh, so go ahead. Well, that's important stuff. It is. It's but you're coming back down here. You, you've, got a, you've got auto prom I know. today. I was going to ask about this. Auto prom is, is today. Yeah. I've um, had my jewelry consultation. I've had my, my makeup test. She's my waiting for the e channel, the exactly. red carpet. <laughs> for all of what that stuff. Who are you wearing there, Nancy? <laughs> Who are you wearing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should show up with my microphone so ask people as they walk in. Are you, are you going? I'm wearing President Tuxedo. <laughs> are, are you, are you no, I am not. Okay. I've. I've probably covered over 20 auto shows at this point in time, yeah. and I have never once gone to auto prom. Oh, okay. You've never gone to the charity I've been preview? once. No, nope, okay. I have not. I have yeah. not. And look, great event. Yeah. And, you know, who knows? Celine Dion could be there one year, like she uh, was a few no. years ago. Well, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see uh, what replaces it, because um, this is, of course, the last January auto show. Yep. It's going to be June of 2020. It comes back, and presumably they're going to have the charity preview again, because that is a, you know, that's a huge event. But uh, it means a whole new dress. I have to buy a new dress, and we're going next year. We'll see. So, uh, but it would not be Detroit an auto show week if something stupid didn't happen. Whether it's a storm, there's usually a storm, an At ice the storm, auto show, or you power mean? goes down oh, yeah. or something. This year, of course, we had a water main break, which meant that people were taking some cold showers for a little while, and you uh, had boil well, water advisory that was in place for the first, yeah. for basically the two media days. It, it, yeah, I think it got cleared up on Tuesday morning. But it's just they had it's signs always, on the bathroom doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's always yeah. something. It is. You know? It's always something. Hey, welcome to Detroit. Don't drink the water. <laughs> what about that couple? <laughs> so it's like a that statewide was... <laughs> thing for us now. Not just <laughs> not just Flint anymore. <laughs> what about that couple that was uh, supposedly uh, having sex in the various cars after hours? I think they worked at Cobo. I did not, that was a I few years ago. That. Yeah, wow. that was a few years ago. That was a, that, that was a good event. one. Yeah, the first one I went to had, um, I believe. <laughs> <Ticket event. laughs> First one I went to, um, I came over from Ann Arbor, and it snowed 10 inches that day. Yeah. Wow. 10 inches. So it was, yeah, you're right. It's always something. So. Well, it's, it's fun. Anyway, uh, okay, is this the kind of thing, do, do you, uh, I mean, you go to the charity preview. Do you actually like the auto show? Um, yes, I do. I do like the auto show. Um, I just wrote a column about this. I don't like driving so much. I don't want to, I mean, owning a car has really lost its charm for me. I mean, it's like having health insurance. It's like something you have to have, but you don't sit around going, boy, I'm really glad I have that until, you know, you really need it. But 
Um, I do. It's a beautiful show. You know, there's like the fabulous cars and the I, reveals I, and all that. I have so. a question. You may be sure. able to answer that. We, we were there on Monday for the media day. Yeah. Walk around the floor. And I, maybe two years ago, everything was about the driverless, you know, autonomous cars. Right. And I didn't really see much of that. Did you, was I missing it? Was it in another part uh, of the there were some, They or? had a little they corner. They were in between the of, giant trucks and SUVs that yeah, were yeah, yeah. The trucks they, and <laughs> SUVs and the land. Yeah, they had a little corner with like the, you know, welcome to the future stuff. That's where oh, they okay. had the uh, personal helicopter, the $200,000 oh, okay. quadcopter right. that yeah, can that carry thing's two pretty people. Sweet. Yeah, right. exactly. Sweet. Well, I'll tell you, I probably shouldn't say this. I don't know. Guy was talking to the media. It was media day. Some guy came up and he said, "Well, so what happens if you? It's like a photographer's drone, right? It's got yeah. the four quadcopter. That's a quadcopter." He goes, uh, "If you lose one of those, you know, somebody hits you with a rocket launcher. Will it still fly <laughs> with three? And the guy just kind of looks at him for a second. And he goes, "It has an onboard parachute." <laughs> wow. At the same time, I mean, if the guy's got a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> you could be in a jet, you're in trouble. I mean, it's not just, I think just about anything's going to go down. Okay, so maybe, you know, it just, now, just who winged asked that question? All right, if, I don't remember who it was. Oh, Some guy. Cause, cause so say, it wasn't a media guy. Say, a, uh, what if two of these guys hit each other? Two, two men, and you know it's going to be men, who can afford $200,000 personal uh, helicopters run into each other and death from above streams onto all of us. Boy, Matt, that'd be awesome. That's what you call a good start. Right? Yes, I suppose you're right. All right. Um, oh, I did want to talk about this story just because this is a, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Oh, sorry. And I have to save some room for Big Macs because we do have to talk Big Macs because we forgot okay. about that. Yeah. But this guy had, um, had a tree stump in his front yard. Kentucky. He's in Kentucky, Kentucky. And they got man. a bunch of snow the other day. So they built a huge snowman and he uses the... the he uses the tree stump as the base for this for this thing. Yeah, and then they put the second half on and the top half, and it's a, like really like it. an eight foot snowman. Yeah, it's it pretty cute. big. Yeah. Had so some dude arms. decides that he wants to run it over with his truck. So they come out in the morning oh, and they God. see these car trucks, not knowing that there was a tree stump underneath <laughs> it. So this guy was thirty miles an hour bearing in there and just probably just tears up his car. And I was like, right. that's good one. Hey, karma. Another good start. You know yeah, what? Well, exactly. I would wreck a kid's dream Who that way. Who ruins I, you know? a snowman? Right. What kind of animal does that? What kind of an animal. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What kind of animal? <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Last one. Um, oh, we're I remember in college, I ate a lot of fast food. Yeah. I still have hankerings for fast food on a regular occasion, right? I'm not sure how I'd feel if I was invited to, say, the Michiganian of the Year banquet. Right. And they I get there, and there's a bunch of Big Macs mm-hmm. and Whoppers on the table. Yep. Um, hundreds of them that have been sitting there probably getting a little chilly. <laughs> and everybody knows how good a cold McDonald's hamburger is. <laughs> Donald Trump served, of course, fast food to the Clemson Tigers when they came through. And he said, and I bought it all myself. I'm like, well, I see that you put a lot of what thought a, into what this. What a shooter. But, you know... It just—it was a weird optic, and I'm sure those kids probably ate it all. Fast They're college food, kids. Fast food has a shelf life of about five minutes, right? You know, sometimes it's—I mean, <laughs> if you don't eat it immediately <laughs> in the drive-through lane, it's—it's it's not going to last very long. So no matter how quickly they got it over, I guarantee you that crap was awful. Would have been fun to see one of the student, one of the players, like act like John Belushi. <laughs> just start stuffing his face right. with everything. I could just, I could just see one. I'm going. Do you have a kosher meal? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm vegan. Uh, what do you got for me? Yeah, well, right, yeah. it, it's just, it was a weird look and, and a strange thing. Weird but it, he's like, and I paid for it myself. Well, 
Yeah, okay. Boy, that you you set him supposedly back. have ten billion dollars or something yeah. like right. that. You're a billionaire. And what right. kind of crass jerk like that says, and I paid for it myself. I well, mean, come on. Well, it's yeah. sure he's not wasting government money. Yeah, while wasting we're government at a shutdown. Money. And yeah, it was well, funny, the New York, or the uh, Washington Post did a piece where they estimated, looking at the photographs, approximately how much money he spent on this. And I think they came up with something like three thousand dollars. And one of their readers um, wrote in and said, well, I noticed that the nuggets and one of the hamburgers was on the two for five dollars menu. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, so they revised it down to like 2400 and change. Well, I, a lot of really great memes have come out of this oh, recently. And my favorite one was uh, Donald Trump was replaced with the hamburger from McDonald's. Oh. And he says, and guess what? I'm going to get Taco Bell to pay for it all. <laughs> I thought that one was like that. was pretty. That's hard a pretty clever. good one. Yeah. I was thinking more like the, you know, welcome to hell. It's yeah. like this is what you'll be eating the rest of your life. <laughs> well, and last thing, last thing, okay. uh, the figure skating championships are here this weekend, um, and that's a big deal. First time yes. we've been here since. 25 years ago, Nancy the Kerrigan. Why? The Nancy, Nancy Kerrigan. Yes. I covered that for thing. the Detroit News. I was going to say, I, I, you know, yeah. I remember uh, Don Gagne was on that Crazy. beat for NPR for a long time. He's like, never figured I'd be doing a story about a figure skater <laughs> whacking another figure skater. So it just doesn't seem like something well, see, that would ever be on NPR's radar. It was and here the it is. figure skater's husband's goon whacking the figure skater. Right. Well, but that's right. true. Is Galuli. That, no. Wasn't his name Galuli Actually, or something like that? Uh, Galuli was the husband. It was Shane oh, right. Scott or Stott, okay. something like that. There's First a great of all, movie. Number one, yes. This is the, no, the OID story to top them all, only in Detroit. I mean, I just, I love this story <laughs> for many reasons. And also, in the fullness of time, who has come out on top of this? Boring old Nancy Kerrigan or badass Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding. Nobody's making movies about Nancy. That's right. So that's there right. you go. Well, maybe that's it. So that's it. So basically, being the bad person is what <laughs> elevates you to the top, which is the lesson of this week's Friday Follies, because that's what we've seen. She said she didn't that, know. How many people would have paid attention to the figure skating? Yeah, exactly. Very true. Well, yeah, it was. It was the best thing to happen to figure skating. <laughs> you know. Who pays attention to figure skating? It made skating? it real. A it lot of people do. I mean, there's a lot. Of, look, well, that, that I mean, going to be sold out. It'll be it will be sold out. It was like roller derby meets figure skating. Exactly. You know? Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. They should have like, like roller said, derby on ice. Yeah, and it was and it was Detroit. Yeah. And, and it was. so it was you know, hey, we're happy to contribute a little bit to figure skating history. <laughs> Welcome back, fans of figure skating. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we don't see anything like that happen yeah, again. Yeah, I know. And but, she did. She did recover. I all mean, right. You know, it was it was a bad thing, but everybody kind of. Healed and moved on. Well, so. I'm going to let you get out of here so you can go get okay. ready for auto prom. I know you've got to do this. Nancy uh, Derringer, thank hours. you very much. Thank Alan Langle, of course, from Deadline, both from Deadline thank Detroit. You. I'm Craig Folly. This has been the Friday Follies on Deadline Detroit. Uh, thanks to Michael as well for doing an excellent job engineering my stuff today. Um, we do appreciate it, sir. Yeah. Thank you very much. He's the best. He's killing it. Like he this is. kid. Like he this is. kid a lot. I like this kid a lot. You know, it's he's great. doing a good. It's not a kid, but. Yeah, Younger than me, so technically yeah. everybody is. <laughs> anyway, thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you next week for more of this. But check out the show every day. I'm posting it usually about 1 o'clock, the daily podcast. You can get it at DeadlineDetroit.com. My name's right there on the top of the page. You can just click on that. But read all the other good stuff that's on Deadline every day. Check it out. Happy to be there. It's a good home for us. And uh, check it out. We appreciate your help. Thanks. See you next time. Next time, if the price is right. right? <laughs> Something like that. See ya.